0: Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Tom, and I am glad to be here with you this morning. We're starting a new sermon series and uh, Pastor Ben gave me the honor of kicking us off. So we're going to be talking about the longing to belong. And this morning, our subtitle is Go and Grow. Um, I grew up in the, in the military as a part of a military family. Uh, some of you may have heard me talk about that in the past. But we, we traveled a lot. Uh, three years was uh, an average duty assignment. And about every three years, we would move to a new one. And uh, that was the way I grew up. I I was so naive that I thought the whole world did that, because that's all I knew. There was a question when I was in school that I hated, and that question was, uh, where's your hometown? Because I didn't know how to answer it. I mean, I knew what a hometown was. Uh, That's that place where you were born and grew up, where you had uh, connections and family and relationship and memories, And, and there was a place that I was born. Uh, Fort Bragg. I I like to joke occasionally, and I know it could be a little bit offensive, but I I like to joke that I'm an Native American because I was born here in the United States and I was born on a reservation. Happened to be a military reservation, but nonetheless, it was a reservation. I hope that doesn't offend you. Uh, But I didn't have a sense of hometown. Uh, growing up, the, the, the hometown feel, the connections, the memories, that was all within our family because that that was what was safe. Everything around us moved and changed, but the family was the same, and that was the anchor point uh, for me. But the, the military kids that were in school, sometimes we were in uh, American schools on base, and sometimes we were in American schools off base. Uh, and the in, at the off base school, the kids there would ask, where's your hometown? Uh, but the military kids in those schools, in those classes, they would ask a different question as a question that I could answer. And that question was, where were you from last? Now, see, that's different. And I could always point to where I had been and, and uh, make a connection that way because that was easy to answer. Uh, in, uh on a military base, in any given classroom that I was a part of, one-third of the kids were brand new like me. One-third of the kids had been there for two years, and one-third of the kids were about ready to leave. And so if you ask that question, where are you from last, there probably were some kids there that had been there in the past. Uh, And there were some kids that were probably going there in the future. So you had a kind of connection that way. And so uh, we, we moved around a lot uh, when I was a kid. And moving can be fun. It can be an adventure. My mom uh, and dad tried to make it an adventure for us uh, so that we were not scared or frightened. Uh, uh, we were going to see new places and usually would do some sightseeing on the way there. So that, that made it kind of an adventure. My mom had a technique uh, that she learned uh, that, that helped us feel secure, helped her feel secure. Whatever house that we got to on the military assignment that we were out, the, the first thing that she would do would make sure that she had curtains up on all the windows that were familiar, that were her own curtains, uh, so that the house would feel more like our home. It would be familiar, and we would be a uh, sense of safe and secure in that place. Uh, and they would make moving an adventure. I remember when we went to Seoul, Korea, that was, that was a long trip. We spent 45 days out on the ocean. Uh, stopping at various places but mom got out the atlas and we kids sat down and looked at it and saw where we were and we saw where Seoul Korea was and we saw how we were gonna get there and, and we could begin to anticipate what we were gonna see uh, because it was an adventure and then it became less frightening and it was more of an adventure as, as a pastor we we also moved from place to place Uh, Not every three years it was longer than that, but we we went, and I had a a longing in my heart. Every place that we went, uh, the the longing that I had was to put down roots, to be connected. And I would always be asking myself, is this the place? Is this the place where we're going to stay? Is this the place where we're going to put down roots? Is this the place where we might stay long enough that I can retire and that we can have uh, those kinds of normal uh, circumstances? And for the most part, the answer that we got was no, that we needed to go someplace else. And and then when we did get connected and rooted, we didn't even plan on it. We weren't even trying to do that. Uh, We came here. My daughter was of a right age, and she got married. And uh, pretty soon after uh, a a few years, we had grandsons. Uh, When we moved here, we didn't know anybody we weren't related to anybody and now because of that marriage we're to tail relatives to a whole bunch of people in Logan County. Uh, so uh, roots just happened. Uh, Lori and I have been married uh, 31 years. 20 of those years have been in this place in a house that we have lived in for that long. So that's quite amazing to me when I reflect on that. Uh, that restlessness to move usually sets in about year three. And it's been a while since I've had that feeling of restlessness that it was time to move. We've been here, and we have roots here, and God has been uh, good to us in this place. There is uh, a tension in our life as God's people. Before we met Jesus, we were comfortable in the world, and why wouldn't we be? It's all that we know. Uh, It's our context. We had our challenges and difficulties and obstacles to be sure. Everybody does. Uh, But it was all we knew. Uh, And after we started following Jesus, that's when we began to notice that this world is off. uh, That it's not right. uh, That it's broken. That it's dysfunctional. And, And we noticed that we didn't really fit in anymore. Uh, that there was something about us following Jesus that made us different and uh, it just doesn't feel like home anymore uh, and uh, that it's strange and off-putting. And we're asking, where do we belong? Is there even a home for me? In this series, The Longing to Belong, uh, we're going to explore some some topics this morning. We're going to go and grow, uh, and then uh, we're going to look at sacred space and sacred place. We're going to look at the fact that God has designed us for relationships, and that God brings us into healthy relationships, and that everyone belongs and has value in God's family. And this morning, we're going to start with Abraham, the father of the faithful, And we're going to look at Hebrews 11 that talks much about faith. If you have your Bible this morning, I would invite you to get that out and hold it up. Maybe it's on your phone or a tablet. But if you get that out and hold it up, uh, let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for your word because your word is life. Your word sanctifies. This morning, Father, we ask that you would open our hearts, our mind, our ears, that we might hear what you have for us and that your word would bring us life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be looking at Hebrews 11:8 through 16 as our primary text. And there the writer of Hebrews uh, says this, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God by faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was beyond or past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that if they they are seeking a homeland, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Go and grow. We're called to the journey by our Father. Verse 8 of this passage says that uh, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And so we, too, are called by the Father to go on a journey with him. And we will grow as we go. And if we do not go, then our growth is lessened and reduced. And so Abraham is that example for us of answering the call of God. He was called, and he was given a simple directive. Go with me, and I will show you the place that I'm leading you to. Now, if you look at that, you'll discover that that's a very vague call. Abraham doesn't have very many clues about where he's going. He just knows that he needs to go with God and that God's going to show him that place. But he has no idea what it looks like, what it will be like, what will be there for them. It's a land that's promised, to be sure, but it's a strange land, too, because they've never been there before. And the amazing thing is that even though it was vague and uncertain in many ways, there's confidence in the Father so that Abraham said, yes, and he moved. He took those steps to go with the Father. He was faithfully obedient, and that's the foundation of spiritual growth, for us to be faithful and obedient to what we understand, and to take those steps that were shown so that we can be in motion with our Father. Abraham discovered attention in his life when he did that. Verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. You see, as Abraham left his father in Haran, as he left what was familiar, he discovered that he was becoming alone and isolated with just his immediate family. And the support system that he had in Haran is no longer there for him because they've moved away from it. And, and so there is that aspect of when we move with God that we're cut off from what we know is familiar, what gives us support and encouragement, what we rely on. And we have to discover something new to rely on. A new support system that we build. And we build that on a spiritual foundation with the Father. And Abraham did that. And he found himself as a stranger in the land. Different from the people that are already there. With a different identity. With a different culture. With a different purpose than the people that are around him. And so he was a sojourner, a temporary resident with his family, traveling through, as it were, a temporary and nomadic. And he found himself as an exile in the land. Now, exile is a, is a strange word to use in this context because exile is a political word. You see, if you become an exile, you've been forced out of your homeland because of something you've done that the state says is offensive, and that you can no longer live there, and so you're pushed away, banished to someplace else. And you can't go back because of those political ramifications. And so to be in exile is to be punished and uh, to be separated uh, by force, as it will. But you know, the more I thought about that word, the more it makes sense. You see, as a human race, all of us are exiles. If you go back to Genesis, at chapter 3, and the consequences of the sin of Adam and Eve as they disobeyed God, one of the consequences of that is that they left, they were forced out of the Garden of Eden. They couldn't go back. That garden, that paradise, that place where God was intimate with them, that he walked with them, that he communed with them, that they had fellowship with him was taken from them and they were forced out. And a cherubim was placed there to guard the way. Genesis three twenty-three and 24, Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man at the east of the garden of Eden. He placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And so all of us have been banished. That's the legacy that we have without God, that we're in this world as exiles. And yet we are invited into the intimacy with the Father on the journey through Jesus. Matthew 16, 24, Jesus talking to his disciples about discipleship says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, that's the great invitation that we have from Jesus. To follow me. Time after time, Jesus speaks those words to people, come follow me. To Peter and James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Andrew, uh, he says, you're fishers of fish right now, but if you come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And to Matthew, who is a tax collector, he says, come follow me and I'll show you a higher calling than collecting money. And he speaks those words to us. Come, follow me. It's the great invitation that is in the Bible, uh, the call that all of us have from Jesus. Come, follow me. Come and go with me. Paul tells the Philippian church, Philippians three twenty and 21, he speaks to them and says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You see, the reality is once we are following Jesus, once we are born again, once we are become a new creation in him, our citizenship is in heaven. That's where home is, and that's where we're going And so as we follow him, we understand that we're sojourners here, that this world, uh, we are in this world, to be sure, but we're no longer of the world, that there is something qualitatively different about us because we are following Jesus, that we've been transformed by our encounter with Jesus. Earlier in that letter to the Philippian church at chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Paul speaks to them and says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That we are lights in the darkness. And that's what the journey is about, that we can become what God intends us to be, shining lights in the midst of darkness that can attract people to the kingdom as we journey together. The Father is calling us to journey with him, so let's say yes to that this morning. And we have a destination that is before us. Hebrews 11.10 says, For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You see, we're, we're moving towards the city of God. He's laid the foundations of that city for us. He's designed the city for us. He's built the city himself for us, and it's our blessed home with the Father for eternity. Revelation 21, 2. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And the journey that we are on is as much spiritual as it is physical. If you read through the Old Testament and just take a broad swath of history, you'll you'll understand that God uses journey many times in different ways to impact his people. The patriarchs patriarchs were nomadic, and they worshipped wherever they were led. They built altars and worshipped. After they left Egypt, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering with a temporary portable temple where they worshiped and after they were established in uh, Judea and the homeland Palestine they went into exile in Babylon and had to learn how to worship without a temple God uses journey to change us and transform us and even Jesus had no fixed location he was always moving from place to place with his disciples teaching them as they went, encountering people and and helping them to understand what ministry was about as they were moving from place to place so that they could become relied, so that the reliability was in Jesus and not on their physical circumstance. And so God is at work through the journey. We're cut off from the familiar, our natural support systems are removed and we've developed new support systems. Grounded in our relationship with the father and we learn to rely less upon the world and we rely more fully upon our father as we encounter difficulty along the way and we will our relationship with the father is deepened our trust is increased our faith is made stronger our faith has the assurance of a deep foundation in the father. And the reality is that we can't get to that deep faith, that deep foundation of faith and trust and reliability in the Father without going through the difficulties with Him. It's those difficulties that are the opportunity to bind us and connect us deeply to the Father. We, we have a spiritual journey that we've set up here at uh, Sterling Foursquare for people. It's called our equipping classes, and each one is built upon the other, and so you have a sequence of starting place, of learning about the spiritual disciplines, and then your giftedness, and and then how God has shaped you and called you and given you a passion and a heart for service. That's a spiritual journey, and we invite you to say yes to that as you travel with the Father. And as we journey with the Father, our perspective shifts from the world to the spiritual realm with Jesus. And so we begin to ask questions of our experience. What is God doing in this process that I'm engaged in? What is God doing in this moment of time that I find myself What is God doing with this experience that I'm going through? And then we can ask, how may I join the Father in the process? And you see, that's where we want to be. Aligned with what God is doing and saying yes to what he is doing and joining with him in the doing of it. And Because of that, we're filled with hope because we're moving toward the city of God, because the Father is with us along the way. Verse 16 of Hebrews 11 says, But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. As we go, we tell the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul describes it as the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.8 He says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, God has reconciled the world to himself. He's taken a look at what the world is and how broken and sin-filled it is, and he's acted in a way that will reconcile it to himself, bring it back into harmony with himself, and he acts through Jesus, the Christ. And you see, everything that we think stands in our way of coming to God, coming to the Father, our sin, our shame, our guilt, the law, our arrogance and pride, everything that we think stands in our way, Jesus has dealt with on the cross and removed it. And he has exchanged those things By his love and by his grace and mercy. Our sin is atoned for in the cross. While we were dead in our transgressions, he's given us new life in Jesus Christ. What the law says is broken and not right, Jesus has covered us with his own righteousness and perfection. When we feel shame and guilt, Jesus covers us with his robes and says, you're blameless and worthy. And pride and arrogance are done away with by the humility of Jesus as he serves us and cleanses us. And so Jesus deals with all of those things on the cross. He pays our debt in full. Our ransom is paid. Our transgressions atoned for by Jesus. And so we become new creations in Jesus Christ. Not just new people, but given a new mission, a new purpose. Paul says that we are ambassadors of Jesus. That we've been authorized by him and sent by him into the world. And therefore we have authority and we have a relationship with the Father. And we have an official message to proclaim. It's empowered by the Spirit and its content is guaranteed by Jesus. And we go as representatives of the Father. You know, the great invitation is come follow me. And the first thing that we learn as we follow Jesus uh, is that we are to live into the great commandment to love God with every fiber of our being and to love our neighbor as ourselves, and to live out the new commandment of Jesus to love one another as he loved us. And it's only after we've lived into and grown in those things that Jesus gives us the great commission that says, go and make disciples in this world. It doesn't start at the great commission. It starts with come follow me. And as we go and grow, God will give us more and more. And the Great Commission is there to go and make disciples. We go as representatives of the Father. Jesus taught us to pray. The example of prayer that he set before disciples is recorded in Matthew 6, 9, and 10. And the opening sentences of that prayer of Jesus are this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And our mission is to invite all people into a heavenly relationship with the Father, to live out our heavenly citizenship here on earth in this place. You know, we have those T-shirts and those window stickers that say, in Nico as it is in heaven, in Northeast Colorado as it is in heaven. We want to bring heaven down to this place. And by doing so, we want to transform it as we live by the principles of heaven, uh, by our relationship with the Father, by our desire to connect with him in all ways, by our willingness to live by heaven's principles, to truly become new creations in the present moment. That's the way that heaven comes to be in Northeast Colorado. And as we travel with the Father toward our destination, let us invite others to travel with us. Let us gather and collect people to journey in faith with us. That's what we're about. That as we travel with the Father on the journey, that we will go and we will grow. We're called to the journey by the Father. We have a destination before us. And as we go, we need to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. I would invite the worship band up on the platform with me. And I would invite you to stand as you're able. The Father is calling you today. Do you hear His voice? This may be your first opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I want you to know that He loves you, that He wants to connect with you, that He wants you to join Him on the journey of life, and that He is speaking those words of invitation to you right now. Come, follow me. Won't you say yes to Jesus? Some of us said yes to Jesus a while back and we started the journey well uh, but then we came to a place where we felt like we just needed to rest like we needed to stop and it feels like we're on a plateau and stagnant Jesus is here this morning and he's whispering to you as well that invitation come follow me it's time to get up it's time to get moving it's time to move forward with Jesus Do you hear him calling? He loves you. He desires you to go with him. And he's inviting you on the journey. I wonder what it would be like if all of us had that sense that Jesus has called us to follow him. And that we together are living out the new creation right here in this place that we are developing grace and mercy with each other, for each other, and for our community and those around us. That we're trusting in the Father. That we're sharing the story of reconciliation. Simply what Jesus has done in me and for me, what Jesus has done in you and for you, that is your story. And people need to hear it. And as we follow Jesus, each step of the way we'll grow in faith, in trust, in spirit, living out our hope in Jesus and inviting others to join with us as we follow Jesus. Would you pray with me? Oh, loving God, we thank you for your call that your invitation is simply to come follow Jesus. Father, our hearts cry out yes to that invitation. We don't know everything about what it means to follow you, but we trust that you will show us each step of the way, that you'll be present, that you will hold us, that you will uh, encourage us, and that as we take each step, we trust that you'll be present. And that no matter what we go through, we trust that you will be there with us. And that you will use it as a tool to increase our trust, our faith, our ability to follow you. Father, I thank you for your people. And I ask that you would bless us with your peace. And that you would give us the confidence to say yes to follow you that you would do great things in our midst, and by doing so that you would draw people to Jesus. Father, that's our hope. That's our desire. That's what we want to be about, to join you in your great work. Bless each one now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've got some action steps for you this week. And uh, in your time of prayer... I want you to ask God a question. What journey are you on right now? And then I want you to uh, ask uh, to what journey is the Father calling you today? And then how will you respond to the Father? I hope you'll say yes.